0: Hello and welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast. I'm Charlie and I'm Hannah and we're two 20-somethings rereading our favourite childhood book but this time with added alcohol and cynicism. In today's episode we're going to be discussing chapters 21 and 22 of Goblet of Fire. So grab your favourite alcoholic beverage and join us on
1: this reminiscent journey.
0: charlie hi hannah it's been some weeks yeah yeah to say the very fucking least obviously you
1: guys know we batch record so the last few episodes you've listened to although obviously there's been things going on in the world they haven't hit our recordings yet i i mean you guys are very aware of everything that is currently going on in the climate uh including the black lives matter movement including jk rowling's uh admitting her transphobia it's been a really difficult few weeks for marginalized groups and everyone um and we didn't feel it was right to just start saying funnies without addressing that
0: yeah and i i think it's something that's really difficult for us to address because there is nothing that we can say that will make any of this any better and we're very aware that we are two cis white gals. um so we cannot be authorities on the subject at all like it is and we've been saying this for a while and then kind of any planning to have guests on obviously for this season has gone to shit because of covid but it is our plan to help try and you know get more black creators and more you know trans creators and really creators from every kind of marginalized group onto the podcast because they can say it so much better than we ever will yeah a hundred percent obviously as to
1: white cis people our job should be uplifting the voices of marginalized groups rather than talking for them obviously we still have a voice with that podcast this podcast and we want to use that voice and our platform in the best way possible so to keep you guys up to speed with like what we're doing and what we're going to be doing but we donated 20 percent of
0: our may patreon to charlie what were the chosen charities we did it to the minnesota freedom fund before they asked people to stop yeah and we have Um, in the past donated to mermaids which is a transgender charity we did that a few months ago when jk rowling originally went on her tirade and we're totally open to charities that you guys
1: are aware of that we might not be aware of maybe smaller charities that um we don't know as much about please send them our way it would be great to hear of yeah some smaller charities that may need more attention moving forwards we're still kind of discussing things we can do uplifting voices and different things we can do one thing we're going to be doing in the next few weeks is basically we were partway through designing our merch Yay. And we have decided to release one piece of digital merch early and it will be be an exclusive piece of digital merch that we're releasing where um, basically to buy it, we will ask you to make a donation to a chosen charity and then just send us an email showing that donation and then you'll be able to, that will have bought you the piece of exclusive digital much. We
0: haven't worked out all the details yet, but follow us on Twitter and just keep an eye on that for that. And aside from that, we just want to really make clear that everyone is welcome in our views in in our mm. podcast. Like this is a place of community and a place of acceptance and a safe space. And we don't hold the views that J.K. Rowling does or that any of you know. I don't know the police force do at all (laughs) everyone everyone is welcome here and you know we try and uplift and we try and make this a happy safe space and if you hold any of those views then you're scum and you're not welcome here but this anyone else you're welcome and this is Our little community, and we hope that it's a nice place.
1: And in that sense, as well, like we want to be very transparent with accountability. So, if you ever feel, obviously, it's very important to remember that when we record this podcast, we are drunk. And I think this is a good time to bring that up because I feel like sometimes, although it's in our title, that can not be remembered. We are drunk when we record those these episodes, and. you know sometimes because of the nature of our very privileged upbringing we may say things that aren't always correct please call us out on them we want to be held really accountable for just making sure that everyone feels safe in this space and that we represent that so please do not be afraid to call us out we would never be offended and we always want people to feel they can come to us
0: yeah, like we haven't had anything yet, but we're just very aware that we're two like very, very privileged people. And that obviously is two white women. We have to unlearn racism. And we could say something that is offensive to, I mean, any group of people and at some point not realise it because of our place of privilege. So we hope that we won't do that because we do take a lot of time to educate ourselves. But if we do, call us the fuck out on it. Please do. And with that, we hope... I mean, this podcast is
1: meant to be lighthearted and fun. So we hope that you can use this podcast as not only a safe space, but a form of lighthearted escapism from everything that's going on, as well as us discussing deeper issues. Because I've got some deep notes these next few chapters. Oh gosh, she really does.
0: Charlie, do you want to move the conversation onto some exciting fun house cup related things i do moving on to the house cup so as you know we have a house cup that goes on in our discord where very simply if you join our patreon and join our discord for every message you send you get between one to three points and every half a book we end the the school year as we would say and we tally up which house has the most house points and then who the prefab prefects are and most importantly who the head human is it's a really fun silly thing built around really building this community and this conversation that we have in our discord which we absolutely love so without further ado to start off by announcing Drum roll, please the houses so the house that has come in fourth place with wait 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 let me guess let le- Hannah's gonna, okay, it's Hannah's Gryffindor. gonna try and guess. Okay, you think it's Gryffindor. 11,404 points in fourth place is, yeah, she was right, it's Gryffindor. There are no fucking Gryffindors. Guys, an appeal, an appeal. Please, can
1: we have some Gryffindor Patreons? I am Dying in the Discord. We have a few really strong people, but we have half the number of people in that Discord than the other houses. So please come and help me. We don't need any other houses aside from Slytherin, please. No, no, Charlie's lying. We need the Gryffindors. Come at me. Come come over to the Patreon. It only costs $2 a month. Okay. Okay. In third place, I am predicting Ravenclaw.
0: In third place, with 38000 seven hundred and ninety three points is yeah ravenclaw how do you're good at this shit oh i i am very aware
1: in the discord it was a fight between hufflepuff and slytherin there was a lot of argument back and forth of who was gonna win Mm -hmm. i think slytherin have i
0: think slytherin have won okay in first place with this is insane seventy one thousand four hundred and sixty eight <gasps> points is Slytherin. Yes. Boo, <sighs> guys. Boo hiss. Boo. So despite me only having actually earned about one and a half thousand of those points, I'm taking full credit for Slytherin winning. So <laughs> well, done, Sly- well done, Slytherin. Well done, Slytherin. Well done, Slytherin. And well done to Hufflepuff, because you guys did yeah. amazingly. Okay, so on okay. to the prefect. So the prefect for Gryffindor House is Nathan, who was our prefect for Gryffindor last time as well, and Yay. also our head human. Okay, so next up, <laughs> our prefect for Ravenclaw House is Lotto, who I'm going to refuse to say her actual ah! name because I call her Lotto. So um, well done, Lotto. Congrats, we now have a prefect... That that has a foot fetish. By the way, if you Sorry join guys. the Discord, Charlie will bully you and give you a horrible name. So, then the Hufflepuff prefect is Melissa. Yay! I'm really happy that it's Melissa just because she's been in the Discord, I feel like, for fucking ever. So then the head human and the Slytherin prefect, I'm sure will be a surprise to no one that's been in the Discord, is Jess, aka the ballerina, or the moisturiser, as she's now calling herself. Absolutely smoked everyone else, just completely beat everyone else. So um, well done, Jess, you are our new head human. If you guys want to be in with the chance of being our next prefect or even our next head human... This is the best time to join as it means that all of the points have just been reset. So you won't be coming in like, you know, a week before we end the house cup or something. But even if you're listening to this in a few months time, don't worry about it because some of the people that got right up there in the tables actually joined quite last minute. It just depends how active you are, really. So yeah, we should probably get on with the main episode. But well done to Slytherin, and well done to all of our prefects. So one more Harry thing Potter. to no,
1: one more thing to do before Harry oh, Potter. Fucking what
0: are we drinking? What are you drinking today, Charlie? I'm just Charlie? turning you down because you're so shrill. Thanks. I am drinking another wonderful knockoff. So it's it's either Little or Audi. I, I can never remember the difference because there isn't one. Um, so it's called Auska, and it's like. Basically just knock off record lig or whatever the other one's called it's strawberry lime cider. I can't talk. This is my fifth one.
1: Oh dear Christ. Okay, I decided to go pick up the most exciting drinks I could find in Sainsbury's and I have picked up Krabby's alcoholic ginger
0: beer. Ew I hate anything ginger, including people. Um (sighs) that includes you, Hannah, even though yours is died. Thank you. It's kind right shall we talk about harry potter we probably
1: should probably chapter 21 the house elf liberation front So it starts with Harry filling in Ron on all the hot goss. So Harry fills in Ron about all the hot goss, but also sends a letter to Sirius about the task. There is a party in the common room and Dean has drawn banners because Dean is the best character in Harry Potter. No question about it. And then Harry opens the egg and it screams. Him or Seamus.
0: But I just like him because he's Irish.
1: Yeah, and they're such a cute pairing. I know they're not together, but just as friends or as more. I don't care. Mm,
0: they if they're, if they're not together, they definitely experimented.
1: <laughs> what else are you going to do in a dormitory? Anyway, um... Exactly. Hermione finds out about the door to the kitchens from friend George and Neville turns into a giant canary.
0: Yeah, my note about this bearing in mind that right now, like, I'm quite stressed and I've also had a migraine for days, so my vision's really bad. So I wrote this note and then I went to reread it um, just before recording and massively misread it. Um, so my note was Hermione tricks info out of Fred and George about how to get into the kitchens. I misread that as Hermione tricks info out of Fred and George about how to get into their knickers. <laughs> Which is like a very different Harry Potter story. It's a
1: very different Harry Potter story, but I I would probably
0: read it. Yeah, like I don't, I don't hate it. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. I feel like it. Hermione deserves that. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it's Care of Magical Creatures and Hagrid is trying to get the Scrooots to hibernate because he thinks they might be hibernating creatures. Rita Skeeter turns up, everyone's favourite example of J.H. Rowling's blatant transphobia. And she keeps trying to engage Hagrid in conversation.
0: She asks Hagrid whether he wants to do a feature in the paper about the blast-ended scroots, which is really obviously her either trying to set him up or just like get information about Harry. Yeah, it's so obvious but poor Hagrid, he's just like oh someone wants to yeah he's like someone cares about my weird disgusting animals (laughs) it's like whenever anyone asks me about one of my really boring hobbies i'm like oh my god someone cares someone's asked me about the podcast oh my god i'm gonna just hold along for an hour (laughs) (laughs)
1: so then we move on to divination and trelawney says in one of her predictions that death is circling the castle coming ever closer which is one of the great examples of professor trelawney's predictions actually being true like even her bullshit predictions she says death is circling over and over the castle it comes ever closer nearer and nearer and death is coming closer to hogwarts cedric dies at the end of this year and following that there is
0: a lot more death at the school true but also i feel like death has like better shit to do that's like, circle he's got other people to kill he's not just like running loops around Hogwarts. i imagined he's he's not doing cross-country in the forbidden forest <laughs> I, know, I
1: imagined him uh flying around a tower but just around one tower not the whole school just like a tiny loop
0: yeah he like wants to say that he's like circling hogwarts but he's also really lazy Ooh. so he's just kind of like hula hooping around like the the like divination exactly tower. and and she's not being psychic she's just seen him up there shimming around yeah. he's just
1: like woo woo every time
0: he goes past the window hello yeah she's like death is circling and they're all like oh my god miss you're so deep with your predictions but like actually she's just like looking out the window and just keeps seeing him flash by every few seconds i love this
1: personification of death and i want us to remember it for the tale of the three brothers because i think it will make that a lot better (laughs) Mm -hmm. so hermione drags harry down to the kitchens which is in a corridor underneath the great hall and guess who's there it's dobby and winky and the alcoholic one (laughs) winky it's us alcoholic and depressed no i'm joking (laughs) big mood dobby is there he runs into harry at full speed He is wearing a tea cosy for a hat and a load of other crazy clothes. And I would die for Dobby.
0: Yeah, so would my dad. He loves him so much. The other day, my dad, who, bear in mind, has not ever read any Harry Potter and has only seen a few of the films and only knows that Dobby dies because we had to tell him... Um, just stands Dobby so hard. He loves him. And the other day, I can't remember how Dobby came up. I'm not even sure if Dobby did come up or if dad brought him up. He was just like, Dobby would never die. Like, oh no. I know Dobby. Dobby is invincible.
1: Oh, no. So
0: that's my dad's hot take on Dobby's death. He thinks he's invi- invincible. So, um,
1: I mean, it's just so sad that the films chose to cut Dobby out from like book two to book seven because he's in book four, five. Does he get a cameo in six? I can't remember. I'm sure he does. And it just builds his character so much. Like he is a little bit annoying in book two and not very fleshed out. But this Dobby who wears all these odd clothes and like champions winky is just the most pure character
0: yeah i never really thought about that before i think as someone that knows the book so well i always forget how much the films leave out yeah. and like if you were just watching the films you literally would just like in the seventh film be like or eighth i can't remember no seventh it must be yeah must just be like wait like oh, it's that dude from the second film. Like, that's really random. Yeah, it would be like, so it's not really. Yeah, it's not really built up to or explained. I still think, like, I've probably, like, ranted about this before on the podcast, but, like, the thing that fills me with most rage was a girl that I lived with in my second and third year of university who... Was, like, said she was, like, the biggest Harry Potter fan and had loads of merch and, like, would do fan art and blah, blah, blah. Was literally, like, obsessed with it. it. Used to be, like, make out like she was a bigger Harry Potter fan than me. Which, obviously, I didn't really give a shit about. I was like, you do you, Han. Like, I'm not competing over that. But, like, and then she she hadn't read the books, Hannah. I would have murdered her then and there. Like, I don't care. I just... I don't, I don't understand it because whilst I'm like, if reading's not your thing, reading's not your thing, that's fine. I think like other forms of media are just as valid. To me, like if I love something, I want to consume as much of it as possible. And when the films leave out so much, like literally leave out like 80% of the plot, you would know that this thing that you love, you could access like another 80%. There's 80% more of it for you to enjoy yeah, if you're spending and you're your just time not? doing
1: fan art and stuff that means you're really really invested in the world and want as much of it as possible so like yeah why exactly. not get like what I, is available
0: yeah i get it you're like oh like uh, you know i enjoy the harry potter films but reading's not really my thing like that's fine but if you're like a like crazy intense fan but you've not read the books genuinely what the fuck are you playing at yeah
1: so anyway dumbledore has given dobby and winky jobs. Winky is clearly not well. Her clothes are really stained and burnt and she just is crying randomly. Um, she's clearly not very well. Dobby explains he's been trying to find work for a while but it's been really difficult because he now wants paying. Him bringing this up clearly offends the other house elves who will start backing away. But Dobby's really proud. He now gets paid a galleon a week and has one
0: day off a month. Yeah. And he states that he negotiated that down from Dumbledore that wanted to give him more.
1: Yeah, a galleon a week. I mean, none of us believe J.K. Rowling's maths and money calculations because she is wrong about anything to do with mathematics. But she stated a galleon is around £5. So he's getting paid £5 a week and has 12 days off a year.
0: Aww. And he uses his money to buy wool to make socks. Which is just the most Hannah thing.
1: I love him. D- yeah. Dumbledore
0: also tells him that he
1: can, Dobby can call him a barby
0: old codger. So I was thinking about something when it's kind of going into all the detail about Winky because so like watch his what's his face Crouch yes that's the dude's name. He now doesn't have a house elf yes and I think that when you're kind of like a old money like pure blood family that would have had a house elf obviously you grow accustomed to that and to have to get rid of it to have to let it or i feel bad saying it like them i guess them to have to let them go you're then without your slave basically and obviously like they're not just gonna do that like they're not just gonna be like okay and now i don't have one they're gonna get another one so there has to be a slave trade in house elves because it's not like house elves are going and changing houses every few years like this is a like a the family of house elves have been with that family for centuries and like each of them were born into it. And, you know, it's not like they're wandering around applying for different jobs at different families. Like if you are firing house elves, you have to be replacing them. And to be replacing them, there has to be someone breeding and selling house elves, I mean- which means that there is someone profiting off it, which means that it is literally a slave trade.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, if, if we want to dig deep into this, I think if I was to think about it, I would assume that... Rich families would have agreements, probably made by a third party who, whose job it is to profit of this, of mating their house elves. So you'd match up Mm -hmm. like the Malfoys who have Dobby and the Crouchers who have Winky, and this third party would be like, "I'm matching your house elves to make more house elves, and then you can have the babies, and any spare babies go into the the people who need more house elves, or if they fired their house elves."
0: Which is yeah, which disgusting. Is... <laughs> yeah, because it, it it means that someone is profiting off it, and as much as like you know, you can kind of spin that narrative within the books so, that oh no, but like the house elves like their enslavement. The fact sounds that if someone, I mean, one that's bullshit anyway, but to if someone is profiting off house elves, it means that there is someone probably in a position of like you know great wealth and therefore great power. That it is in their interest to keep house elves slaves, to, you know, make them be this brainwashed and manipulated and enslaved and abused race. It is that is within someone's interest. So it's not that, oh, they're just this race and that's what they like, which I feel like as much as we get, like, one character, Hermione, being like, I think this is wrong, but we kind of never actually get any, any like, confirmation yeah. in the narrative that that is wrong, which it's kind of like i feel like if you're gonna write that plot line to say that oh this is a enslaved race but they like it you need to at then some point later on say oh no actually they don't like it and it, it's been sustained for these reasons or they have this revolution but we never actually get that in harry potter which is almost like saying oh yeah no they did like it even though hermione said otherwise, i mean but. i mean
1: i think i think the honest answer is the house elves have a very different education to us than understanding of things than humans and they do like it and this is where Hermione's activism takes a wrong term in book five which we'll go into I do think that the then resolution of this whole storyline wasn't gone into enough because I think the only resolution that is possible in a situation like this where the house elves are offended by the idea of freedom and do enjoy quote-unquote believe that they enjoy the enslavement is to basically give all hell selves the choice to like of being free to mandatorily start paying them and giving them days off and then to just like once they have the choice of whether to be free or to then work for the person rather than being enslaved by them then in the next generation or so the enslavement would be wiped out i don't think it is realistic with what we're presented in the text for there to be a revolution of any kind because the house elves are presented as enjoying it unfortunately like the ones in hogwarts are really offended by what dobby is saying it offends them to their very core and although dobby wants to be free he's in the minority so i think it would have to be a lot more of a slower change but i wish we had seen that in like book seven because we're definitely presented with the narrative that hermione's activism goes too far in book five and that is right she tries to trick them into freedom and that's really cruel um because that's against their free will and again she's taking away their free will by tricking them into being
0: free even though that's a weird thing to say. I disagree because I think that even if you gave them that ability to have choice, if you still have the system in place that brainwashes them into wanting to be enslaved, that's not just going to like go away over time. And if their choice is to be enslaved or to be free, where they're not going to have any form of like income or like way of living and like that's... It's not gonna magically go away and if it takes it if it does, it would take hundreds of years. I think when you look at um the way that people have a tendency to vote for political parties that go directly against their own interests. Mm. You know, it's not like the house elves will be given the choice of freedom and just turn around and like take it. Like people can be so brainwashed and manipulated by the media and by the education system and by any number of things really. So I do think that there would need to be some kind of like full-on revolution and not necessarily like within the text of Harry Potter because you know obviously that's not as such relevant you could maybe have tied it to the defeat is that a word the defeat <laughs> wow of Voldemort but I don't know like but I think that you just need to have like obviously we kind of have this like narrator in Harry Potter... And I think that you could have had them acknowledge that it isn't right. I think that although you might not have like included the full on revolution within the books, I think you did need the narrator to kind of be on Hermione's side at times and to actually say, yeah, like Hermione's right because otherwise you kind of just have her positioned as being really like irrational and emotive yeah. and like not listening to the house sales about it, and that's wrong because you're kind of setting it out to be like, oh no, like the slavery is fine, yeah, and. I think when you have like someone powerful and rich, probably numerous people benefiting from this house slave trade, they're not gonna let it go away just by letting them have free will. Even if they were technically given free will, you would still have those rich and powerful people making sure that they didn't choose free. Yeah, will.
1: I think I think it's I think it's almost an I hesitate to say this but an over complex issue for a children's book because there there is no exact right or wrong to this. Hermione is, of course, right in her beliefs. Uh, like, And a lot of the characters are wrong in their beliefs, but some of her actions could be seen as wrong. I think the key thing here that is never acknowledged in the books, that Hermione never gets the place to, is no one is asking the house elves. No one is asking them. No one is sitting them down. No one is talking to them. It's Hermione speaking for them and other characters speaking for them. And I, yes. I think like that is the key thing here
0: is... Well, what do the house elves say? No one is asking. Yeah, and and you know, you said that it's overly complex, and that's just it. It's you shouldn't be making metaphors for actual slavery into like fantastical creatures, especially not when you know ninety nine percent of the you know magical human characters in the book are white. You sh- then shouldn't be having the metaphors for non white people. You know, in this case, black people to be magical creatures like it's dehumanizing and it's also like overly simplifying yeah and creating a metaphor out of something that like actually not only happened but still does happen and it shouldn't be a metaphor <laughs> like you know we've discussed before i think that having these kind of metaphor in children's books are good for teaching children these kind of like black and white understanding of ideas and it's not until you're an adult and you grow up and read it critically so I'm in two minds yeah. but at the end of the day you shouldn't be having like these kind of metaphors where it's just like okay so like the goblins are a metaphor for Jewish people and the hell cells are a metaphor for black people and then all of the powerful wizards are white it's icky yeah. to say the very fucking yeah least. I
1: mean I wouldn't want it to not be in there because I mean this is one like this is this is such a good way for kind of activism and questioning your own internal beliefs to be shown to children but it's very difficult Mm -hmm. when you're making real world parallels and i think that's kind of i think that's mirrored in the way that hermione is the only one to really care about the house elves because she is muggle-born and therefore will have been educated about the history of
0: slavery whereas ron Mm -hmm.
1: probably hasn't been
0: yeah Uh, i mean i don't know how much at 11 when she would have left the muggle education system you learn about slavery but you know but it yeah like existed. your point your point still stands but yeah. yeah i think i think basically like we're not remotely qualified to say whether this should have been in the books or not i think that it's a really like complex subject yeah. i think that a lot of it gives me the icks but i do think that it has some like It's kind of, I don't know, it has like good real world impact for educating children. But then if you read it and don't question it as an adult, it becomes toxic. Yeah. I think it's complex. It is complex. But I think that also coming at it from the point of
1: us reading it now is in a way a really good metaphor for how complex and tangled these issues can be. You can think, obviously, that, okay, the enslavement of house elves is wrong. But when we try to sit here and unpack, okay, what would we do about it? There is no 100% correct answer. And that's the same with any real life issue. With To bring it back, unfortunately, to what's going on in the world at the moment. Obviously, the police force has huge deep-seated issues. But if we try to discuss, okay, what are the alternatives? What what
0: can we do? It's a very complex issue with no one correct answer. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm pro-abolishing the police but it definitely is like a very complex subject that like I can sit here and like just spout off the 100% correct step-by-step guide of what to do in this real situation and likewise I couldn't in this fictional one. Yeah
1: so in that sense I mean it's it's very impressive it's in a book aimed at 14 year olds and that we have just talked about it
0: for 15 minutes. (laughs) So Winky says that Ludo doesn't like um no that um ludo Ludo? i was about to say that ludo doesn't like bagman same person he just doesn't like himself (laughs) and that's very relatable no that crouch doesn't like bagman because he's a bad man which is like some of the starting to get us like hyped up to believe that ludo is the baddie yeah i think there are so many good red herrings in this book
1: because there's not just one there's multiple red herrings karkaroff is one Bagman is one crouch
0: is one yeah it's like it's layered it's like. (laughs) you're kind of supposed to the most obvious one is Carcroft yeah and then you're supposed to think no Carcroft is a red herring it's actually Ludo exactly and then you're supposed to think maybe Ludo's a red herring as well maybe it's Crouch yeah And then it's just no one you could have really predicted unless you're very smart. Well, it
1: is Crouch, but not that Crouch. Psych.
0: (laughs) Wrong Crouch. Wrong
1: Crouch. Guess you didn't see that coming. So the elves give them piles and piles of food as they leave. And then comes a chapter closing, which I found as a child one of the funniest lines of the books. Percy wouldn't recognize a joke if it danced naked in front of him wearing Dobby's tea cozy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why it used to make me laugh. Okay, chapter 22, The Unexpected Task. Basically, a hormone-filled chapter about asking girls out. Oh, boy. <laughs> I oh love it. Oh boy, oh it boy. has
0: nothing to do with the plot of the books. Like, none of my notes are about plot. <laughs> yeah, I think something that struck me when I was reading this was, like, I was very lucky that for both of my proms, I was, like, in, like, <laughs> relationships. Ooh! Like as as in a relationship you can be at 16 and 18 and i'm so glad thinking on that now and i don't think i really thought about it at the time but i think if i had been the single and having to deal with that oh my god is a boy gonna ask me am i gonna go alone or like am i gonna ask a boy like i couldn't have dealt with that yeah and obviously it doesn't matter and i also think that i don't know if you agree but in my school it wasn't there wasn't that much pressure on oh you have to go with someone no. I feel like that's quite a thing at least in like i don't know if it actually is in america or just in america american media but in american media it's like oh you can't get a date you don't go yeah but like in in the uk it was more like oh like you're going and then like if you are with someone you go with them but you wouldn't just like not be with someone and ask them
1: yeah there were a few people i know who went who kind of asked people out who they weren't going out with because they fancied them, or who wanted to go in like friendship couples, but a hell of a lot of us just went stag. Uh I just went at my age sixteen prom. I went with two of my friends.
0: Yeah, I'm just very, very glad that I didn't have to deal with that. Like, if we were in America and had to deal with the whole like, oh, is someone going to ask me? Like, I would. No. What do they call it? Well, no, home No. no. Com- home, co-pro- home. 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 Homecoming. No, but they have a word for when you. What? Ask
1: someone to come to homecoming with you. It's called a homeco pro. I'm pretty sure you've
0: imagined that.
1: No, it was on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> a home. So
0: it must be real. Yes, a home. Because that show's not ridiculous. A
1: homecoming proposal. Tweet me if homeco pro is right. <laughs> anyway, just, so yeah. this entire chapter is about this topic. So they're in Transfiguration class and they're changing a guinea fowl into a guinea pig. I have two questions. Why would you want to change a guinea fowl into a guinea pig? What use would that serve in the real world?
0: And also, what is a guinea fowl? I'm just Google googling guinea fowl. I can't spell it. It's a bird. It's a really ugly bird. Okay. Ooh, it looks kind of evil. Where, but do you, like,
1: where do you think in a real world application you would be like, oh, there's a guinea fowl. Let me change it into a guinea
0: pig. I mean never, and the thing is like I mean obviously in the real world, this is just j k being really whimsical with having two like quite like similar worded animals similarly named animals, but like we're if we're being really literal about the book here, like why is there why, what do they have to be similarly named? Why did McGonagall pick these? Like, is there a specific spell for it, or do you just say like, is it the same? If you wanted to turn like a cat into a snake? Would it be the same spell, and you just say cat or snake or the Latin words, or is there like specific ones that like, you have to learn a different spell for every possible um, animal transfiguration combination? I can answer. I have questions. None of
1: these questions because. They basically do the same shit in Transfiguration all the time. Like, they were turning a hedgehog into a pincushion, then a tortoise into a teapot, then a guinea fowl into a guinea pig. Are there different spells for all of these specificities?
0: What's happening? (laughs) And, like, is it easier if they're already, like, quite similar? Like, a hedgehog and a pincushion, is that easier? Because they kind of have a vague...
1: I think that's
0: the belief like... because in the first book they
1: turn matchsticks into needles and they are small similar objects I think the more different the objects and the bigger the objects and the more complex the objects i.e. a dog which Cedric turned from a rock is a lot more complex because a dog is a complex animal and a rock is not similar to a dog than a matchstick into a needle because they're similar simple items
0: but then the I guinea pig and a guinea fowl are not similar, it's just a similar word. Yeah, that's just JK being in. So Harry and Ronna have been having a sword fight
1: in the back of the lesson with fake ones, which is both mature and why would you do it in McGonagall's class of all classes? I know. Um, McGonagall announces the Yule Ball. She says that it's open to anyone fourth year and up, which must have been the plan all along because the trio got letters saying they would need dress robes. So the fourth year thing wasn't put in place because Harry got into the Triwizard Tournament. It must have always been in place.
0: Yeah, it's a bit weird to like ban certain years. I mean, no one wants an 11 year old at a prom. I guess, but like, it's not really a prom though, is it? It's like a school party. But like, could you imagine how good, like they would have had like dorm parties, like the lower years. I assume they would have gone home. They would have been good. Oh, yeah, because it was in that... I always forget that it was on Christmas Day because, like, who wants to be having a ball on Christmas Day? I literally wrote Christmas- this. I was
1: like, for people who want to go home to their family for Christmas, that's really selfish. And also, what about different religions who might want to celebrate different things yeah. around Christmas? What's happening? Are we doing... Are-, are-,
0: are-, are we doing Hanukkah? I don't know. I don't know. It's for- for- To me, like, Christmas Day is for, like, pyjamas and eating too much. Like, it's not like, oh, yay, let's get dressed up and go to a ball. But I know some people do dress up for Christmas Day, which just really weirds me out.
1: I dress up. I mean, not like crazy, but I'll
0: wear like a dress or a skirt and like do my makeup nice. That's really weird. Like That's so weird. Like, I sometimes do my makeup if I've got like presents that are makeup and I want to try them out. But like, I I do like a full face makeup and then I'm in my pajamas. You need stretchable clothes and comfort well
1: I change into pajamas around like six no I'm in pajamas the entire day interesting tweet us what you do I've said tweet Mm -hmm. us like 10 times so professor McGonagall mentions that it is compulsory that Harry has a dance partner because he has to open the ball
0: (laughs) I really don't understand how their gut like their gut reaction isn't just ask Hermione because they're so scared about it, you think you would just cop out and ask your mate.
1: I Because, well, Ron doesn't realise she's a woman and Harry thinks he has a shot with Joe.
0: I think, I think Ron does realise. I think Ron doesn't ask Hermione because he's scared because he actually wants to. And when he makes that comment about, oh, you're a woman, that's him trying to cover for the fact he does actually want to ask her.
1: I... I feel like he doesn't realise he wants to ask her until that moment. Like, he does want to ask her, but Ron is so emotionally backwards in this book that he doesn't realise him wanting to ask her is him wanting... Do you know what I mean? Like, he can't even put those feelings together
0: yeah maybe i also have a note just about how much i miss school discos oh my god
1: same like and also i'm gonna go into this is so much money detail in the next episode but just the excitement before discos or proms or parties like yeah that being like the highlight of your month and planning what you're gonna
0: wear and i i love shit like that The one thing that i i really miss about school discos though did you used to have like a like sweets stand and you used to get like either money or tokens i can't remember and you used to get like a certain amount of sweets to have it was so good i didn't at my you not have
1: that i didn't at my we had like freddos i okay i had a sweets table but i didn't have money or tokens at my first school because it was so small i feel like i did at my second one but i can't remember
0: yeah we used to have like yeah this uh, by the way guys this is talking about like primary school discos not our like balls Uh, the balls was more like alcohol and shit
1: primary school discos were banging though i I, the highlight of one of mine was my mum bought me put in wash out pink hair coloring
0: Oh yeah, my mum always used to almost kill me by spraying so much glittery hairspray at me Oh my God. that I would suffocate. The
1: glittery hairspray! And I used to put the beads in my hair like I was in S Club 7. Yeah. I am remembering it with so much excitement right now.
0: And hair crimping <gasps> and also that machine that had those like you would put in like the different colour kind of like... Clay things, and then you used to like run it through your hair, and it would just give you like a big greasy streak of like red or pink or whatever colour you put. Or, in Or
1: do you remember those machines that would give you? Oh my god, what was it called? Where you'd wrap thread around your hair?
0: Yes, and, but there was or the ones that would like plait it. Yeah,
1: and there was machines that would do that. Apart from it, would never work, and your mum would have to cut your hair because you'd got it so tangled yep. in that machine.
0: Oh, the memories! Bring them back. So Harry tries to refuse
1: Professor McGonagall, which is very cute, but McGonagall says he has to get a partner, which I at least rate that in the books, McGonagall or the narrator doesn't say that it has to be a female dance partner. They are just calling it a dance partner, which great it's a bit rude that the champions are not allowed the choice of flying solo but i guess Mm. if they really wanted to they could take a friend like harry's hyping up way too much he could just ask hermione and in the end he does ask parvati who is his friend he has no romantic interest in her he asks her because they're friends
0: yeah what's really mean is that loads of girls keep trying to ask harry out and like the first girl he literally is just like no and like that's so mean and my heart breaks for the girl because even though she was probably asking him for like the wrong reasons that still takes like a lot of courage yes i literally Um,
1: wrote the random girls who ask him out are so ballsy for what we know about the harry potter universe and how hyped up this dance is like they are amazing that they're asking him out and harry is such a douche
0: (laughs) yeah but also i won't like like i wrote the note that this is really mean and then i remembered that i've done this on several occasions (laughs) because oh it's really bad but like when guys come up to you i'm sorry most of the time they're really like creepy gross guy go i can't talk gross guys are like twice your age and are just like creepy and weird so then the couple of times when like normal guys have come up to me in public and asked to talk to me or ask for my number or something i'm always just like no fuck off And then I actually look at them and realise that they're like about my age and look kind of normal and nice and like just look really hurt that I've just been like, fuck off. Then I feel really bad. But it's just because I start to say fuck off before I even register who is talking to me because it's so annoying that like you'll be walking somewhere and someone just comes up and like does that. Yeah, that is
1: always weird when people do that. I'm like, I respect how bold you
0: are, but I am not giving you my number in the street. Sir, you could murder me. (laughs) Yeah, but then also you think that's what people used to do. That's how this people used true. to meet. And now it, now it's just like, find me on Tinder or you're weird. Have I like, ever told you the most romantic
1: thing that ever happened to me? No. I went to Brighton. If it
0: were, if it wasn't Neil, I
1: don't want to know. It wasn't Neil. And nothing ever came of it. Um, I went to Brighton on a day trip and we went to an ice cream parlor. And the guy who was serving me ice cream was like flirting with me and I was flirting back. He was nice looking. I was single at the time. And he gave me, like, you know, one of those, like, stamp cards that you fill up to get free ice cream. And I was like, oh, no, I don't live here. It's okay. And he was like, no, 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 take one. You might come back at some point. And I got home and he'd written on the back of the card um, to the pretty blonde girl. You stole my attention. Um, This is my number. Please text me. I was like, oh, my God, is it 1951? What is
0: this? My worst one ever was when... Um, I'd been on a date and I was really fucking drunk because this was back when I was even worse at dating that than I am now, and literally just used to get horrendously drunk before the dates, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and it was like a pretty like mediocre date to be honest, like it was fine but not great. And then on my way back, I was like walking like you know the road to my house. I was walking down there, yeah, and like a meter in front of me was this guy, and we were both very obvious. And this was like a like. I don't know, 12, 1 a.m., something like that. We were both very obviously absolutely steaming. And somehow we got talking about the fact that we were both so drunk and just had this really like (sighs) drunk conversation. And I was so drunk I can't remember what he looked like aside from he was tall and brunette, which Hannah you you know is my type. Yes. And then so we got to my house, um, and then he asked for my number. Um, and I was drunk so I gave it to him but obvi- I was so drunk and he had an android and like I remember just doing it at the time and just putting my number into his phone and just like really confidently just like did it and then like the next morning I woke up and I was like I was so drunk there is not a single hope in fucking hell that I spelt my name or my number correctly no! especially be- <laughs> especially because it was an android so like a different keyboard and I was just like because I can't type when that drunk anyway. i was just like there's no way like because it's not even like i typed out my number and like struggled and kept removing bits i literally just typed out my number in his phone that dude probably had gibberish it was probably the abc's in his face, so obviously i never like heard from Aww. him because he probably tried to like or just didn't remember me perhaps because he was that drunk as well but um but the thing is he said that he lived on my road so now and i still live there i spent like the past three years whenever i see like a tall brunette dude looking at him like is it it you you? i'm
1: sorry i'm still holding out hope for you and the prep guy who sometimes gives you free croissants
0: no yeah he's not my type and he looks quite young Mm, i don't care anyway so but like it just destroys my ego whenever i go in there and he doesn't give me (laughs) free food now i'm like did i get ugly uh
1: feel sorry for me i've never been given anything free in a prep
0: you're clearly horrible to them. It's so easy. You're just like extra nice or say you've had a bad day and they give it to you for free. Oh. Whenever I go in a Pret and I actually pay for it, I'm like outraged and I'm like, I didn't budget to pay for this. When I walked into this Pret, I was not expecting to pay. I
1: did once get the free Nando's. Every server in Nando's is allowed to give away one free meal a day. Really? Yep. So now start oh, being I nice ne- to the I- Nando's people. I never go in Nando's. Nando, probably because you call it Nando's
0: sorry that was a bit posh this is such a tangent anyway right
1: so the next person to ask Harry out (laughs) is a girl who is described as being a foot taller than him Harry says like of course I said no she looked like she could have knocked me out Harry, you are constantly described in these books as being a shorter, so could you not be so fucking precious about a girl who is taller than you? And also, why are you being so stereotypical? What do you do? It's. Do you only date
0: girls who are tiny because you yourself are tiny? What's happening? It's so mean, and it just reminds me there was this one girl in my form in high school who was so tall, but she was like stunning like could have been a model mm. like tall and gorgeous and just like perfection and like she used to like always get crushes on guys and like ask them out and they used to say no because of her height oh my God and you're just like you're pieces of shit yep. like she is so far out of your league like oh yeah uh,
1: harry you're described as being a short person you are going to have to get used to the fact that a lot of girls you want to date will be taller than you so suck it up love he's a shit he so harry suspects that cedric has told the hufflepuffs to back off him because they're no longer bothering him Okay, so they're now in the common room. This chapter skips about a bit. Fred and George turn up asking to borrow Pigwidgeon and then they begin uh, discussing dates. Fred says he's going with Angelina, but then (laughs) reveals he hasn't asked her yet, which the confidence in this man is off the scale.
0: I know. But also like, I want to know more about their romance because we kind of just have this and then nothing. And then did I imagine it or does she end up with George? Yeah, she
1: marries George and has two kids with him.
0: That's a bit weird to be like, well, I was dating one twin and then he died. So I just went to the other twin. I mean,
1: there could be like a really nice thing in there about Angelina being one of the closest people to the twins. So then they begin to rely on each other when Fred dies. Like it's one of the only people George can turn to. But also it's a little bit creepy depending on how... I don't know how serious angelina and fred's relationship was though whether it was just more like jokey friends went to the dance kissed a bit nothing yeah I don't, like, I, I don't read it as that deep in the books
0: yeah i think like it's weird if they had sex yeah and if they didn't it might be okay i, I like, don't read it as they did I, don't know. I read it
1: as like they're good maids they went to this dance together they probably kissed a bit but
0: not much more you know like yeah you've just like you've got to pick your family member you know yeah, So like you You can't do more than one person in the same family.
1: So Fred shouts across the common room to ask her out.
0: (laughs) Can you imagine this in real life? It's so ballsy, especially because if she said no, everyone would hear. But he knows she won't say no, which is ballsy. very ballsy. But like she might say no because she might have been asked by someone else. Yeah,
1: because Angelina is hot. So she probably has been asked by multiple other people. Angelina Mm -hmm. is intelligent. On the Quidditch team and hot. Like, she must have had yeah. dates knocking down her door.
0: So, yeah. So then Ron <laughs> says that they don't want to end up with a pair of trolls. The misogyny in this chapter is out of control. And then just starts dunking on poor old Eloise Midgen again. Who has and then done make- nothing to him. Eloise Midgen nothing. has never done anything wrong. And Ron is just dunking on her and she's just the butt of this joke and then he makes a comment about her crooked nose which you were correct about. i was so
1: it's off center because she cursed it off but oh my god hermione then tries to confirm with him that he would rather go with someone absolutely horrible if they were good looking and he says yes
0: i just hate men and also like fuck jk rowling for writing this like i know that it might be accurate of teenage boys but like you didn't have to write it and therefore reinforce these fears yeah. into all of your young female readers i
1: mean i would like it a lot more and i think it does play into ron's character arc a bit but not enough to justify it i would appreciate it a lot no. more a lot more if ron i don't know somehow a lot more clearly rectified this in later books and it was part of a much more clear character arc it does play into his character a bit but it's a bit muddled within a lot of other things yes
0: or you could just be like not that this is okay but you could just be like oh we don't want to end up with someone like ugly like that's not okay but that's better than like specifying how they're ugly you start to talk about someone's acne and wonky nose every person reading this with acne and or a wonky nose is then thinking badly of themselves yeah like it specifies particular
1: things that's where it goes too far you're right you go harry and ron make a pact to get partners that night harry is annoyed that cho goes to the bathroom with a group of girls uh this is very realistic of girls in schools but also hermione got petrified going to the bathroom and myrtle literally died so let the girls do what they want
0: yeah but also as a girl you have to go to the loo with someone else so that they can do the dryer for you that was n- did you have this? That was never the reason why I
1: went to the loo with people.
0: Why? I wasn't that bothered about people hearing me wee. I don't know, like it was a big thing in our school like you weren't allowed like you couldn't let anyone hear you pee. Because of course had- going to the bathroom is
1: not where you want people to hear you pee. Like that's so bad.
0: I don't know. I think as well like is more specifically like if you take your entire friendship group into the loo with you and they're all stood there gossiping you don't want them to be there like chatting, chilling out and then just like you in the background like piss. Yeah, I just chatted to people through the walls whilst I was pissing. We were never that bothered. I don't know. like I, I Obviously, I do that now. But like at like 14, it was like, no, someone do the dryer. So Harry grabs
1: Cho for a word and gets all tongue tied. He's like, we're just going to go ball But he manages to ask her to the ball, but she is going with
0: Cedric yeah i i also just going back a bit i had a note before this where this is a really random thing i made a note about i'm sorry but in potions harry fucks up because he's so nervous thinking about asking someone and he forgets to add a bezoar to his poison antidote but we later in another book obviously find out that a bezoar alone is a poison antidote so like why is it going in an antidote
1: I think a Beezort is, like, a catch-all cure-all, but not perfect for, like, specific potions. As in, like, it will stop a lot of the effects, but you need something more tailored for specific things. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Anyway, that was such a random No, no, it made sense. Continue.
1: Ron, he goes back to the common room, and Ron is in a complete daze because he asked out Fleur to the ball.
0: Oh, I just, like, I hate it. I hate, like, any, like... Nerdy, average gar- average-looking guy that just like thinks that he can get the most gorgeous girl in the world. Like, That's a bit cruel. Do you know he can if he's no. a nice person. No, like of ov- like obviously, like that goes without saying. I'm not saying that like I hate it because they can't, but I just hate it when they think that they can get it because they just like I don't know. There's that there's that trope, isn't yeah. there, of like the nerdy guy gets the girl, but you never have the trope of the nerdy girl. It's the guy Until unless it's this Hermione. book <laughs> Obviously. But like it I'm not saying that like if you're like nerdy and average looking that you can't get the girl. Obviously, every every single guy that I date is nerdy and average looking. But it just annoys me when they feel entitled to like date someone and they wouldn't actually date someone. They wouldn't date a girl that was nerdy and average looking, even though they're nerdy and average looking. They can only date someone that's like a model quality and they will slag off any other girl that isn't like of model quality. You seem to be you're just You like, seem
1: to be describing the uh, path that leads to someone being an incel.
0: Yeah that's exactly what I'm describing. <laughs> that's what i mean it's that genre of guy like i'm not saying if you're like a nerdy average looking guy that you can't get with a model because you definitely can but like it's you're not entitled to that in the same way that like a nerdy average looking girl isn't entitled to a male model like or in the same way that no one is entitled to anyone yeah
1: and i think this is this is such trope in films like how many adam sandler films are there where he is with someone like of model quality and Adam yeah. Sandler is fine looking but there aren't many films where George Clooney is with the average looking girl.
0: Yeah and if they are it's normally done in quite like a you know it's done where they're with the average looking girl because she then gets a makeover yeah. like that or it's done in a kind of like butt of the joke kind of yeah. way. It's never done in a just like you know she was a good person and she got a hot guy kind of thing. Yeah. Until Hermione.
1: I have so much to say about that. So, Ron tells Harry that Neville asked Hermione to the ball. This is so he said, she said. Hermione told Neville that she had already been
0: asked, and Ron scoffs at this. He's like, she's lying. Hermione arrives Mm. I can I just say I love that Neville asks Hermione it's so cute like you can totally understand why like she looks out for him so much and like always stands up for him and helps him and like it's totally valid just valid him asking her and well done him as well yeah definitely um
1: Ron then chooses this moment to realize that Hermione is a girl and offer her up without her consent and then he proceeds yeah. to offer ginny up without her consent
0: oh man but also when- like <laughs> i like the universe where harry does go with ginny i do because too. we would have avoided the whole cho thing but like oh man ron, ron stop <laughs> stop selling the women in your life yes he's literally
1: selling the women in Life. Ron oh. is what my mum would call no brain to mouth function in this book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hermione is, for obvious reasons, pissed and storms off. Ron offers Ginny to Harry, but Ginny is going with Neville, which cute. is fair, very cute. Harry then just spots Parvati and Lavender and immediately walks up to Parvati, which I like the fact there wasn't a description about who he was going to ask. He's
0: just like, there are two women plavati yeah like but also he describes it as drastic action (laughs) like i'm i'm sorry but like i can't remember who the other girl is oh no it's um, what's her face isn't it yeah like these are two gorgeous women at least how they are in the films and That is drastic action. Uh,
1: Parvati is described as one of the hottest girls in the school. Yeah. And it's drastic action to have to ask. (laughs) I think he just doesn't like their giggling. Harry looks down on the giggling in this book, which is again, really stereotypical of teenage girls with boys assuming that the giggling is nonsense. Whereas it's just an expression of like, it's, it's a stereotype that is ridiculous.
0: Like, people are happy stop being angry that people are laughing yeah. and i just don't remember that much time giggling i i really don't i got into so i
1: i am a big giggler i i gig i get into giggle fits now though i i am a ridiculous
0: person <laughs> i don't know maybe i just never had any joy in maybe
1: me. Pavati then. I in the in the trope of offering women up pavati then offers up her twin sister padma to ron <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, my last note of this chapter was just like mediocre men with two higher standards.
1: <laughs> Harry and Ron need to learn some lessons. Pavati mm. and Padma sound pace. like lovely, lovely people.
0: <laughs> yes, that they were done dirty in the films with those outfits. Oh my
1: god, I have read so much about those outfits since then and how they were based off like nothing actually culturally relevant to any particular Asian country, and it was a white woman who just designed them.
0: We'll get into it in the film. <sighs> so, so yeah, that was my notes on on that chapter. I've got to say, I fucking love that chapter. It it's so good and petty and trash, and I do enjoy that it adds like nothing to the actual real serious plot yep. because I would just read books and books and books of off that nonsense. And it brought back so
1: many memories for me, like. Although we're annoyed at like Ron's misogyny and the stereotypicalness of the giggling, it does bring back these memories of also how important things were in school. I was talking to this with, about, with Neil the other day. I really hate when online teenagers' likes and dislikes are seen as trivial. Mm. When a boy band becomes a huge obsession, it's like, oh, just teenage girls like them like oh can they not but understand? that's also
0: misogyny yeah
1: it's misogyny and also f- from a lot of teenagers things like proms and balls and who's asking them out and fallouts are their entire world and we shouldn't look down on teenagers because that's all they care about because the brain matures so that you care about different things in each stage you care about wider and wider things Like, it's totally normal for 14-year-olds to feel so deeply hurt when a band breaks up because at that point in their life, that is their whole world. They're not going to understand the pain of, like, losing a job or something like that. The pain of a band breaking up is their whole world. And we shouldn't trash people because their worldviews are... It's just when people don't remember what it was like to be young, basically.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Good good
0: fucking chapters good Good shit
1: and the next Mm -hmm. episode is the yule ball
0: which you have told me you have a thousand billion notes on. six pages baby i'm literally i'm gonna mute you no you're not and
1: have a nap i'm gonna ask you questions at the end of every sentence anyway guys thank you so much for listening (sighs) as a reminder yeah, we hope you enjoyed that as a reminder in case you skip through the very long intro follow us on twitter if you would like to see updates about digital merch releases that will be completely supported completely donation based to charities and join the discord if you would like to join in with the house cup competition
0: and we hope you enjoyed it and we will see you in the next one bye bye Thank you for listening to this
1: episode of goblet of wine to find us on social media search at goblet of wine pod on twitter or at goblet of wine podcast on instagram
0: we also have a website over at www.gobletofwine.co.uk where you can keep up with everything that we do this podcast is produced by our wonderful hufflepuff
1: tier patrons vr nathan amanda Catherine, katie sandra danny and Mutalib.